why is he called in death sleep when death is such a serious thing and i just went i just went through a list i just offhand wrote some things about death actually i read from uh, from 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 uh, psalm 55 4 and 6 right psalm 55 4 and 6 and it says the following the book of psalms 55 4 and 6 it says the following 4 to 6 it says he says once i get to read it is 54 55 for he says my heart is in anguish within me the terrors of death have fallen on me fear and trembling have beset me horror has overwhelmed me i said oh that i would have the wings oh that i had the wings of a dove i would fly away and be at rest meaning he is longing to run away from this death i would flee far away and stay in the desert he is longing to run away from death the terrors of death and yet when he stand talk about the rapture now we see he is saying it is sleep that we don't want it to be ignorance ignorant about those who sleep in death so we handle that yesterday very powerfully right why is he calling death sleep and we saw very clearly that be very careful that is a warning the lord is laying before this generation now we together a serious warning is laying before this generation he is saying be very very careful how you execute your life on this earth because some people they live as in here and now hmm. why are you in sin now nah, me i don't believe oh you don't believe okay he said be very careful <laughs> the, the life you have is not yours god in spanish they say regala god gave it to you as a gift in french they say donate the lord donated it to you be very careful how you execute your life on this earth that is the stern warning that came from there why look at this now look at this picture someone who is asleep eyes closed and someone who has died eyes closed oh they look alike okay so he's calling his sleep and then when people sleep you know that all of them must wake up serious warning that be very careful you may think you're sinning around and then when you die ah, that's it is done oh no no death is not the terminal end of the human being we saw yesterday we already saw you wrote so much yesterday we saw that death is actually simply a door to the realm of let me put it myself because i know you want to say eternity but i want to say the realm of accountability aha to a realm where now all of a sudden you realize the life you had was not yours the owner wants an account how did you live it how did you live that life i gave you how did you when you are on the earth how did you live it You went on rampant sin 
You thought that when you die, qua is done? Not at all. You will wake up on the other side. That is the warning he's giving by saying he's just asleep. You're going to wake up. So Lazarus, our friend, has died. No, he has not died. He's simply asleep. I'm going there to wake him up. They said, when he is not aware that Lazarus has died. The daughter of Jairus. He came and said, why are you people wailing like this? Why have you left us like that? I can't believe, mommy, that's you sleeping there. What shall we do now? Look at how you have left us. He said, no, stop mourning like that. Yes. Why are you mourning like that? She's simply sleeping. Hallelujah. And then he woke up. My Lord, be careful. We saw yesterday that the Lord is simply saying that your existence is beyond this realm. That every person you see here now, this one here, they're going to live eternally. Okay, I, I'm sorry for the word live. They're going to exist eternally. Those who will live life, it, everlasting life will be in heaven. But the others will exist in judgment. The, the, all these people you see here, they will not disappear. <laughs> these people are going to be eternally in existence. That is serious. That means you have to choose then where you want to spend your eternity. And if you check the matter on which there was ignorance, it was about the longevity of the soul. There was that confusion that came there. They thought the soul sleeps. Not at all. But then, it was a matter of longevity of the soul, meaning the soul, that which lasts forever, and then you have to make determination now where you want to spend eternity with that soul. These are serious matters in the modern day church that has lived a life porously as though nothing matters, no consequence. Girls are dating in the church. Men are dating in the church. On Saturday after Friday, cases, you have to pick condoms in the church compound. Their pastors are lying to them, false prophecies, saying that your sick child is going to be here, bring this amount of money, whatever. I want to go to the mountain for you, whatever they say. A generation that lives like that, the Lord is now warning them that there is accountability coming. We saw that yesterday. Very serious. Very, very serious, Israel. Very serious matters that every minute, every second you spend on this earth, you are always busy determining where your soul will spend eternity. Whether you are born again or not, you are already deciding it. I, how I long that everybody comes to Jesus. That they may spend their lives in glory. Instead of the torment. And we saw that in hell, the biggest problem is one. What is it? Breathing is difficult in hell. Because of the flames. If you hear the lake of fire, don't think that your neck will be up. You are swimming the lake. So your neck, you can breathe up. You are inside deep. You like that eternally. And the pain is unbearable. What the devil has done in this generation is called a crime against humanity. Because the devil has come to church and trivialized eternity. Tell them, nah, it's simple, it's easy. As if the Lord will understand. As if he's not even there. That lake of fire. So people are casual. 
and they die like that only to find themselves in an unbelievable place and say no please tell Lazarus to go and tell my brothers tell my brothers not to end up here too late the Lord answered he said no but I have my prophets down there the prophets of Yahweh themselves are operating down there they have called the cloud they have raised cripples anyone who wants to enter heaven must believe them if they cannot believe the prophets of Yahweh that have called down rain 15 times, have brought Yahweh himself to visit on the tent, the cloud of God, the Father himself, and their cripples have been walking left and right every country they go to. Uh, then even if somebody came from um, the grave, <laughs> they will not believe. I. Be careful how you live your life on this earth. Things are serious. Finally, and, and ignorance is terrible. Now people get to know that your life is not your life. Please just honor God with that life. The moment he did breathe in Genesis 2-7, like this, into that piece of mud, he already owned you. He brought a piece of his life, a piece of heaven in you. And we saw Ecclesiastes chapter 3.11 that God has put in the heart of every single human being a piece of eternity. So that you know that they belong to eternity. Right? So we saw all that blessed people and that's why I want us to advance that conversation. The ignorance and on top of that we saw therefore we learned some lessons which I want to run through very quick before we get started now. We saw that sleep John 11, 11, Jesus saying Lazarus has slept. And then Mark 5, 39, the daughter of Jairus. And we saw that the fact that the Bible calls death sleep is the strongest evidence ever that there is life after this. There is a waking up. Please, I just want you to know that all people you see must wake up. Let me put it better. That all people you see today, when they die, they must resurrect. So there is no way to dodge God to escape Imam Kumtoroka. <laughs> I tell you, this is serious. There is no way to dodge him or Kutoroka from God. <laughs> this is serious. My daughter, Professor Kach, this is serious. There is no way to say that after I go through where, I will dodge him, I will hide from him from there. No. Everybody must wake up and then give account. How did you live on the earth? That's why we are here. Before it has happened on you. You say you wouldn't wish it even to your worst enemy, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> this is serious stuff now. This is the moment of reckoning, the polishing of the church. And we saw very clearly that that is the certainty we have that everybody exists forever. I'm using exist. I'm not using live. Because there are those, when I, if I say live, I'm soon going to handle everlasting life. And not everybody gets it. I'm soon going to handle immortality, which belongs to the Lord alone. And nobody has that. But existence, yes, some people go down there. I just want you to be very clean doctrinally also, right? Hallelujah. And so, 
we saw very clearly the Lord saying that death is merely a door to the realm of eternity. When he says, when people sleep, they are, they die, they are sleeping. Meaning, they are going to wake up. And we saw there Hebrews chapter 9, 27. We saw Revelation chapter 20, verses 4 and 6. We saw also Revelation 20, 11 and 15 at judgment. And we saw Job chapter 19, verses 25, 27. Job saying that even after my body has been eaten by worms, then shall I wake up in my body and see the Lord. Meaning there is a waking up, right? Ecclesiastes 3.11 and then Ecclesiastes 12.7 we did not read yesterday. That when he talks about going back to the dust and the spirit goes back to his owner. And we saw very clearly that for those who are Christians, when the Lord says their death is sleep, and those who are sleeping in the dust of the earth will awake. Some to everlasting life. Now, those are Christians. To everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Daniel 12, we saw that was a big teaching here the other day. So, that for Christians, when he's talking about sleeping in death, he's simply referring to this wonderful great expectation that one day you will wake up. And you'll wake up to an even better resurrection. Meaning, to the glorious resurrection whereby you never die again. You enter eternity. Again, you remember the saints of the Old Testament? They are the ones who raised this concept when they were presented their glorious faith before the Lord. They simply heard that the Messiah would come one day. Would come. The prophets were speaking they heard that would come. They did not see. But when they heard that, they were willing to die for that. Because they heard that that resurrection would be better. That not like the ones they had seen where people resurrected and died again. But that one resurrected for glory, glorification. And would enter heaven. So, if you read that scripture, it's a beautiful scripture because it says, some of them were told, please, come, come we deliver you. So stop believing in the Lord so that we remove you from this beheading we're about to behead you. They said, no, don't deliver me. Why? Because of the hope of glorification. This better resurrection. This waking up. And he's saying, even this generation to that ought to be your hope. Anchor your life and hope on that. That should cause you now to rubbish any form of persecution. Because now you know that you will be with the Lord eternally. A better resurrection. That if someone kill you here for the faith, you will still go be with the Lord. Hallelujah. So for them, that was the impetus for a sacrificial living and to enter martyrdom. In other words, people that have this great hope of resurrection, being woken up for glory, for glorification, he's saying they don't accept all types of deliverance. When you come to them and say, I want to deliver you from this, renounce Jesus. They say, no, we don't accept that. Because he says, they ignored the world. They rubbished the world. They saw that the world was not worthy of their faith or worthy of them. Because this world, with everything in it is, going down, will be destroyed. But for them, they will live forever. Right? Very powerful. And then, we saw therefore the following, that death is by no means the end, the terminal end of a Christian or human being. And we saw that if death was really a terminal end, then rampant Christians 
would have gone on a rampage of rampant sinners rather would have gone on a rampage of sinning knowing that no it will end but now before you sin you have to think twice thrice and ten times because now you have realized that there is no escaping god you will have to stand before him and give account right people should now stop sin right and then we saw very clearly that is the the surest sign that there is time to give accountability ahead of us here and we saw many things and the scripture that we did not read yesterday was uh, was John John chapter 5 28 29 then I can begin today's sermon is coming to 7 pm blessed people ni mazito right sana John chapter 5:28-29. John chapter 5. It says, "Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear the voice, hear his voice, and come out. Those who have done good, meaning holy, will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil." or rise to be condemned there is no better scripture that really describes the fact that death is categorized as sleep than this one in this scripture you have heard is saying everybody must wake up must and then now those who have done good good is holy only holy is good to the lord and then they go into eternal life those who have done evil they go into eternal judgment which is unbelievable judgment the worms alone that are digging your brain digging your blood system and the trillions of worms are burrowing they eating you the pain is unbelievable jesus said the worms that never die before you put in the fire the worms alone you don't want to go there trillions of worms digging your brain can you imagine the feeling and they are eating it and it's painful and they are eating the blood vessels they are in the stomach they are in the lungs trillions of them are uh, entering the, the 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 liver and the pain is unbelievable why because god must judge sin i know in the churches out there you have been told the grace don't worry everything is okay no please no please don't don't let anyone slide you to hell god is still holy And the scripture that says for without holiness nobody will see the lord will be maintained so please yes when your pastor say that oh don't worry what ask him but pastor how about the judgment of god i'm aware that god judges sin right yes you can now speak back and so i want us to begin the new journey now hallelujah ah you don't know how far we'll go right <laughs> jesus is lord right yes so Let us look at some of the scriptures where the Lord still classifies death as sleep, right? And the best way is normally for somebody to read from his scriptures so we can move a little faster because of the time we have. Daniel chapter 12 verse 2 begin from there. After this then I'll read the rest of the scriptures alone. After this battery here so I can clear up. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt you see that shall awake because them sleeping in the dust and then john 11 11:14 we have seen that already but just read it among the scriptures that call death sleep 
Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. They took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Is that 14? That is 14 and 41. That, that is uh, uh, John chapter 11, 11, 11, 14 to 14? 40 and 41. Okay, now I have given instruction. 11 to 14. This thing said he, and after that he said unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. How bait Jesus spake of his death? So he calls him sleeping. And then Psalm 90 verse 5, that you may have the plethora of scripture, the battery of scripture that now establishes that this is how God looks at death. For you are saying, oh, if I die, I die. Let me. So don't commit suicide. Don't do that. Because he will just push you to hell right away. There is a waking up right ahead there, right? He says, in the manner in which you have disturbed him, this matter, he wants to take it forward now. He wants to sort it in front there now. Now we can't finish it here. He wants to catch you in front. He wants to take this matter forward now. Because of the way you have disturbed him. Hallelujah. So read Psalm 90 verse 5. Thou carest them away as with a flood. They are as asleep. In the morning they are like grass which groweth up. Very serious. Matthew 27 52. And the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. Calling them sleep, my Lord. <laughs> serious. There is a warning here, right? Serious warning. Yes, the book of Acts chapter 7, 60, verse 60. Because, you know, during these conferences, those who are new here, this is different from the conferences we do abroad in the churches, I mean in the nations where we go to. Here now, we have the privilege of expanding it for you. Yeah, to now explore scripture, to enrich in you, to establish you. And abroad, they're also tuned in. But I'm saying when we're on these missions, we have a shorter time to announce the coming of the king and do the healing service and move on. So now, you read it right away. Acts chapter 7, 60. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Yeah. So death is considered sleep. Now it's a big awakening you have. You're going home smarter. I say, just a moment. I just need to prepare because the me that is going home now will exist forever. So I need to know beyond this, death is just a door. Beyond this, how will I account? How I live life here, right? And you see a lot of ignorance in this generation on this matter. They are living as if life is only and all about here and now. But now you are awakened. That now the owner of life will demand 
How did you live the life? Right? Acts 13.36 and then 1 Corinthians 15.6. Acts 13.36, we need to finish this. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. Sleep. So then First uh, Corinthians 15, 6. And then First Corinthians 15, 18. After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto the present, but some are fallen asleep. First Corinthians 15, uh, 18. So it's established. It's an established metaphor, right? That the Lord has been using. But most importantly, the instruction is transmitting from there. That be careful with your life. It does not end here. Don't squander it. He's waiting for you on the other side. Hallelujah. In Swahili, they say, Upande ule ndo sasa kutakuwa murama. Kutawaka. The other side is now where there's going to be accountability. Because here you said, oh, you see, how come he didn't judge me? You say you went to church, you picked a girl, and how come he didn't strike you with lightning? Sometimes you look at what they write, you know, and you're like, wow, are you trying to mock God? But accountability is coming. It is now coming. Read very fast. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. And then 1 Corinthians 15, 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. And then 1 Corinthians 15, 51. On the rapture. Behold, I shew you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. And then 2 Peter 3, 4. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 4. In saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. First Thessalonians chapter 4, 13, 15, 13, 18 that we are handling. 13, 15 is it that we are handling right now. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with them. So we saw as a summary that the reason the Lord calls death sleep is because he is out to prove to you that there is a conscious life, conscious life after death, conscious, conscious life after death, and that every mankind that ever lived on this earth was created by the Lord to live forever. To exist forever. Exist is a better word because some will go to hell. To exist forever. Number three, we saw that therefore death is simply a door to accountability. And the other thing we saw is that all who live on the earth are essentially sojourners, pilgrims. We are on a journey out. We are simply passing this place. Hallelujah. What an instruction to Germany. A powerful instruction to, to, to the whole world. That essentially, we are on a journey. We are pilgrims. 
We are just passers by. We are passing this place. We are not going to stay here forever. So what a shocker. Now you rather be preparing because you know now your citizenship is elsewhere. So you rather understand that that place does not take do what? Yeah. So just begin now to focus on that place. You're going to say, oh no, you see, I share both. No, no, no. Just prepare for heaven. This place is temporary, right? And it says that this is indeed the basis for sacrificial Christian living while you're on the earth. Revelation chapter 14, I'm reading, verse 13. Then immediately we'll start today's service. Hallelujah. It takes three hours to start the service. That's amazing. The people who are new here, they're like, hey, just a moment. What one alishwa apa? They are being coached. Some are being put by spoon. Plates are being brought near the mouth. <laughs> While out there, we are not even aware. The world goes on. It is it is it's very agenda of sin. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Revelation 14, 13, he says the following. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them. So for us, this is the basis for sacrificial living, because we know we are heading to another kingdom. So you stand with Jesus until you are transmitted to the other kingdom. Are we together? And so today it is very busy. It's a very busy night. I want to give you a short break right now quickly. When you come back, I think 15 minutes, all right? If you ask me, I would have wanted to continue, but I think i give you a break. If we come back, then I want to now plow on this, right? Jesus is Lord. Tadarabahaverim. When he's saying we do not want you to be uninformed, he's also talking about the misinformation that is likely to come to the church. There are notions that may come to you and may tell you that, oh, don't worry, you know, all is well, it's a finished job, and then you continue living on the normal agenda like before you became born again. He's addressing all of the above in not wanting you to be uninformed. He's addressing the fact that today, it is your personal responsibility to make sure that you position yourself into the right place where you can receive the right message about the rapture, the glorious coming of the Messiah. Are we together? And so this is very serious. And he says here that those that are called Christians need to be well informed about the following general areas of salvation and the coming of the Messiah. Number one, about death. Number two, about resurrection. Number three, about Christ's return, the return of the Messiah, the coming of the Messiah. So, you see, it was a bigger conversation. It was much bigger than when he narrowed in that, oh, you see, you have not understood about death and resurrection. 
He talked about the general ignorance in the church, and he says you must be informed about the following areas. Yesterday we explored them a little bit, those warnings of we do not want you to be uninformed. And so, he wants the Christian to position themselves as your personal responsibility in a place where you can get the right information. You, become, you can be well informed about the following. Number one, I said about death. Number two, about resurrection. Number three, about the return of the Messiah. Let me wait for my daughter, the, the new one today here, to get people to pass so she can also write a few things. Hallelujah. I'll repeat it anyway. I'll repeat it. He wants you also to be aware about the rapture of the church, the snatching away of the holy elect. He wants you to be informed about the role of those who die in that rapture, the, the, their position in it. Because remember, that was the point of contention, the point of conversation. That was the point of departure when they were found to be ignorant about how about those who have died? Are they, do they have any part? Do they have any part in it? He wants you to, be, to have part in that also. He wants you to be well informed about holiness. The holiness of the Lord and the holiness in the church. In other words, to know God well, to know Him as the holy God of Israel. He also wants you to be well informed about righteousness. He wants you to be well informed about the righteous judge, the righteous God of heaven we serve. And then he wants you also to be well informed, well educated, fully informed, fully educated, fully enlightened, fully aware, and to avoid ill information on these things. To avoid disinformation on these things also. So not just knowing the truth and how it should be, but also avoiding disinformation about them. And he says it is your personal responsibility to ensure that you position yourself in a place whereby you receive, you are well educated, well informed, well enlightened about these things, about death, about resurrection, about the rapture, about Christ's return about holiness and righteousness that these things are foundation in the Christian faith not only should uninformed and receiving misinformation can almost be the same consequence they can have the same effect those two treatments have the same effect right but sometimes being uninformed gives a window. Because the Lord says, it's better for you not to have known the way of truth than to have known it and turned your back on the sacred command that was handed down to you. So, if you get disinformation, misinformation about it, it can inoculate you and you become resistant. So, one of them is even worse. Because if you're just there cold, other than lukewarm, if you're cold... The hot gospel can come and strike you. You wake up and enter heaven straight. But if you are lukewarm, you are now resistant. What we used to call MDR, multi-drug resistant tumors in some life back there. Where now you are treating, there is no response. In fact, there is resistance. They have switched on other things, survival pathways, right? They don't respond. So he's saying, 
that it's your duty as a Christian to make sure that you are well informed about the following things. He's saying you should be well informed about death, that is where the whole conversation started from, about resurrection, that is where the whole contention was, right? About Christ's return, the coming of the, coming of the Messiah is in the rapture, that is the rapture, right? And then about rapture itself, the event, because the coming of Christ are two. So he wants you to know about rapture. That you know, initially when we came, people were talking about second coming, second coming. Now you know that there is a rapture. Hallelujah. Which you need to prepare for, which is a concealed event. When he's coming only to show himself to those that love him, his people. Do you remember when he died and resurrected? He only showed himself to his friends. In same manner. Remember November 20th? I saw him come again. So the Lord has perpetually trumpeted this vision, shown us the coming of the Messiah, that you may get to understand the message that once he has shown severally, then this matter has been fully determined in the higher chambers of justice in heaven, that they must now happen. This event must now happen. Joseph said, the reason the Lord has shown you the dream twice is that heaven has decided that this thing must now take place. Right? Hallelujah. And so, to be well informed, fully informed, fully enlightened, fully educated, well aware, fully aware about death, resurrection, the return of Christ, the rapture, the second coming of Christ, the role of the dead who die before the rapture, their role in the rapture, about holiness, the holiness of Jehovah. He says you must really know the God you worship, otherwise your worship may not be right. That the reason the present day generation are not worshipping correct is because they have not understood Jehovah, who he is. Surely if you know him, the first thing is that you will fear him. You fear him as in he can destroy the soul and the body. But also fear that he can judge sin, right? Even most importantly, fear as in honor. To give him honor, right? And so he's saying that you need to know about the holiness of God. That if you understand the Lord very well and the attributes of God Almighty, then you'll understand that the holiness of God is one non-reducible benchmark of His attribute from the eternity of the eternities through this day into the eternity of eternities. The holiness of God.